you cool cats and space cowboys. It's time for Cosmic Tea with your host, Avalon Starlight. Welcome, 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 magical humans. I'm so excited for the second season of Cosmic Tea Podcast. And for this first interview, I have someone super special uh, to share with you. This is a human that I have known for many, many years. And she just is one of the most high vibrational, super connected, uh, really mystical humans I've ever met. And in this episode, I'm really excited to share her path and her journey into, uh, you know, dr- the dream space and, and astral travel and connecting to higher beings. And so please, please, please welcome Catherine from Elysium International to the podcast today. Catherine, how are you? Hi, it's great to be here, Evelyn. So, I mean, this is a pretty, pretty magical concept. It's a pretty magical topic to most people when we think about like dream space and astral travel and, you know, being able to commune with, with, with higher beings. So to start uh, today's episode off, if you could just give a little bit about who you are, what this means to you and kind of like how you fell into it. Like, was this something you started when you were younger? Has it been your whole life? Like, give me some, some good info on this. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, so this is something that is is so, so close to my heart because it is something that I came upon for, as a very, very young child. And really, from my earliest memories, being three or four, kind of like all of us, you know, we're standing out there looking up at the sky and wondering why we're here and, and what this world is all about. And, you know, that longing in me was really, really strong. And so when I went to sleep at night, I just with all of my heart just asked, you know, answers to those questions. Why am I here? Um, Who am I? Like, what is this world all about? You know, I looked around at humanity and I was curious. And what I found was that if I just looked into the darkness things would get very, very quiet. You know, my mind would calm down. I would feel a lot of love in my heart. And I would start to see like sometimes these rings of light. And I would just go into those rings. And what I found was that um, my body would fall asleep, but my consciousness was still aware. And that was kind of like the beginning of it. But also, what happened was um, I I would start becoming aware in the dreams where I would see something that wasn't quite right, you know, like a blue, you know, monkey in the kitchen or something like that. And, and so I'd say, oh, well, that's weird. You know, why is that there? That must not, I must not be in the physical plane. And so once I started to do that, I would say, well, if I'm not in the physical plane, where am I? And what can I do here? And so then I would also ask those questions like, where am I? And, um, and what does this mean? And, and I'll just say um, that there's that interplay because once I started asking those questions when I was in the dream space, then when I was, you know, at elementary school, I would also be looking around the room saying, where am I? You know, like a teacher would be saying something or a kid would be acting a certain way. And it would it would force me to kind of just become more aware in that environment too. Like, am I really 
at school right now and what's really happening. I mean, so, you were a very deep child. Let's just start with that. That is deep thoughts for a young child, which is very <laughs> cool. So I just want to kind of go back for a second because I'm, I'm my mind is trying to wrap about this. This would be like when you were in bed falling asleep and you'd be staring at the darkness in your room when you would see that light and you would kind of like imagine traveling through that ring as you were falling asleep as a child and then that would open up something. Like where did that ring of light come from? Yeah, well, you know, I was also, I would say, like a very happy child, like very excited. And part of it was, I think that it was hard for me to fall asleep because I loved school so much. I was so excited for the next day that I was, I just had so much excitement when I got into bed. And so I, I never was one to fall asleep quickly. So I had all this energy and I was lying there and it's like, well, what do I do with all that energy and how do I get to sleep? And so in closing my eyes, you know, I would close my eyes and look into the darkness. And, and that was, you know, part of it, I think, like, being in that stillness and letting the mind calm down, like, intentionally letting the mind calm down, the energy calm down, the body relax. Um, and, you know, the rings, I would say that um, for your listeners who really have a background in, in this kind of, I mean, in meditation and really having this deep silence that it's not unusual to see light, right? And those rings, like sometimes you'll see those, those rings flashing. Um, and, um, and by allowing yourself to, um, to, to kind of move your consciousness through that, or just allow yourself to be in the presence of that, you can feel a deepening of your consciousness. Maybe some people would even call it portals. Right. So like when you were, cause now we are of a mature age and we can understand that that's what was happening when you were young. And, you know, I'd love for you to touch on what, what consciousness means to you for the listeners who are like, Oh, she's talking about consciousness, but what is, what is Catherine's kind of like idea of what consciousness is? Were you aware when you were young that you were doing that? Or was it something that you kind of reflected back on and was like, could see the way it all came together as your, understanding of working within these dream spaces kind of unfolded as you got older. And then you could be like, wow, I was really connected as a child. I could see how I was already doing this. And now I know what that was. Yes, the, the latter there, you know, like, uh, so I'll share a few other experiences, because really, um, it was a lot of things that, that, I experienced that by the time I was in my teens, I started looking for others that had experienced reality the way I had a lot in books. You know, I became an avid reader probably, you know, for my teens, I mean, for 20 years, just reading and just devouring all kinds of different traditions around the world in search of others who experienced multidimensional reality and, and spiritual or mystical religious traditions that, that really taught awakening in a practical sense. Um, because other things that happened when I was younger was I would, I would sometimes have these fevers. And my mother told me later that she always knew when I would go into these fevers because 
a couple of days prior, my eyes, it's like I would leave and go somewhere else. And I would look like I was very far away. And then I would go into fevers. And in those fevers, I would learn a lot in the dream space. Um, ancestors, um, my father's side has some Chiricahua Apache in it. And so I would have, you know, Apache ancestors come and and do different healings. I remember them, you know, walking through like up the stairs of the porch where my window was and into the bedroom and encircling me and, and helping me be at peace with being here in this, in this um, lifetime. And another thing I would do was separate from the fever dreams. Um, but I came to love being like, I actually am a very healthy person. And like now, like after probably about 20, I, I just, I really rarely ever get sick um, but during that time I would, I would have those fevers as a child all the time. And I loved them. Like when, when I could feel it coming, it was like this kind of like this energy, like a very calming fluid energy that was like, okay, you're going to go into this relaxing space. And I knew that I would go for days to just lie there and learn. So I, I came to love those periods of time. Um, but also during that time, um, and this was all, I'll say like between four and seven, because I remember this house so well and we moved so much. I always remember different time periods by the houses. Um, but when I would awake in the, in the dream space and I knew I was awake, I'd go out to the porch and sit on the porch. And this one particular friend came regularly and and we would fly out together and i learned that we could take any form but we could also just dissolve all that form and just be a pure pure light speck you know like just pure consciousness and from there i would like we would go up and then and then be with others and and i would ask all my questions about about life, you know, and why I was, why I was there, you know, I was in Portland, Oregon at that time. Um, and so I was able to ask those questions about, you know, was why I had come into this time and into this place and, you know, how, how my life would unfold. And so I, I was excited to go out on that porch and go and go learn. And I'm just curious if, if anyone's listening has has had these experiences of childhood. Like, did you feel like almost like you didn't have anyone to talk to about it? Is that why, you know what I mean? Like you lean towards finding it in mystical books. Like, was it something that you had to contain for yourself or like hold and cherish as, as a personal experience? Or did you feel like you had outlets in which you could share that experience with others? Yeah, that's a really great question. And I, I um, would ask others, you know, Oh, did you remember your dreams last night? Or what do you dream about? And, and everyone that, you know, around me would just say, no, you know, no, I don't, I, I don't dream. A mm -hmm. lot of times it was, I don't dream or, oh, I had a weird dream, but it became really clear to me um, early on that, that 
no one else around me was really experiencing what I was. And the other thing is that, um, like I was saying this, you know, when you are, have this kind of heightened awareness and perception of things, um, in the physical plane too, you, you just, you start to see things differently. You know, you seeing energy differently or looking at people and becoming aware of, um, you know, for example, people's emotional energy or their, um, you know, kind of what is lying behind the physical presentation and, you know, what they're wanting to present with what they're thinking or feeling or needing or doing that, you know, I, I was, I was aware because I could see it of like these different layers behind, behind that. And that also, I noticed that if I responded to somebody from that, like using all of that knowledge, it would make people, it could make people either we become great friends because it was like, we're going deep into truth, right? Yeah. <laughs> if it was like, you know, a neighbor or, you know, a friend of my parents, it could be a, you know, like just a shock and a fear of, wow, how is this child being so real with me? You know, if I were to say, for example, they, they give a story and I say, well, why are you saying that when you're actually really afraid of this person coming home or something? And it would just be like, oh my gosh, you know? So I also learned, okay, I need to kind of like not talk about this stuff or just not fully share you know, there's something going on here, you know, because this is stuff, like now this is like seven to 10 of like, yeah, 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 yeah. we got to pretend we got to like do certain things in a certain way. And so then actually my grandmother, um, my father's mother, when I was 11, gave me the I Ching workbook and some Taoist stuff. And she's the Native American side and really deep into philosophy and different things. And and so with the with the I Ching workbook and that um that aspect of Taoism, I found so much peace. You know, it's very connected to nature and and with the benevolent way of being, you know, um, that kind of connection of the heart and the mind and wisdom and and truth and honoring um like values in in, in oneself. And kind of fast forward, you know, because through those teen years, I think. I, I would do my own little vision quests, right? I was I was reading about different medicine men in the native tradition or um, did get into the, the Asian, the Taoists and some Buddhist stuff. I took a, a try at the Bible, um, you know, later get into, you know, exploring the Sufism and, um, and Hinduism and different things. But... I was still like looking, you know, where, it, where are other people? Like, are there other people on the earth, not just in the books or the stories of ancient sages? Um, and so Living humans right then with you on the planet. <laughs> yeah. And so when I was 20, I was in college and I was getting ready to go to France to study for my junior year abroad. And I had to go to the, like the media lab to get some materials for my cultural training or, and, um, and there was a film student, a doctoral student who was giving me the materials. And as I was checking out, he said, I see what you see. I get off at four. Do you want to have tea? 
And I said, yeah, I do. (laughs) And so that was the first person I met. You know, he told me all of his childhood stories of knowing things, seeing things, um, that this world wasn't just the physical world, you know, and I didn't, I never saw him again. You know, I went to France and um, it was just one of those conversations where I realized two things. One, you know, there's other people out there that are aware and living in a different way. And two, if he could see that in me, I could see it in other people. And so instead of just looking at books, you know, to look around me and to look, to find each other, you know, we can find each other. So I find this fascinating, right? Because my curiosity wants to know, because you've talked about the physical plane, which is what I'm going to assume and and ask you to elaborate on is the third dimensional world right? Which is the physical plane. That's the existence that we have here on earth. And as you were experiencing dream space, and I would love your interpretation of this and going through portals, you began to access higher dimensions of consciousness. And then in a way, are you saying that you were then able to bring that consciousness or those, those higher dimensions back to the physical reality with you so that you could then experience it in this plane where you could see those who had access to it. I'm just trying to put it into particularly a language where my brain is like, okay, this is what I think is happening. And now Catherine, tell me if I'm on the right page or if, if you're going to tell me something different. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. So I'll, I'll uh, explain my experience a little bit and then just feel free to jump in. Um, But what I what I experienced, and and I think that here's here's kind of my reference point. If you think of it like like I've taken this approach of being like an esoteric scientist, right? Like my knowledge or my point of reference wasn't to go find something someone else wrote or believed or thought or um, you know hypothesized about. It was it was really like what am I experiencing? What what is real? And when I would read anything else, it was, okay, let me try that out. Let me see if that, if that is true in the way I experience reality, right? And so, you know, one of the things that I like tested out or it just was happening as a child was that, you know, you know, and some of your listeners have probably experienced this where you look at uh, this, like you look at a wall and the wall starts to dissolve or you look at somebody's face and the face starts to dissolve and there's other faces behind it. Interesting. Um, and, or if you're looking like, let's say you're looking at nothing, like you're looking at air, like on a sunny day and you see light in that air. I would, I would inquire like I became curious you know for example if I'm having a conversation with someone and their face starts to dissolve and then I start to see these other things what is it that I'm seeing Um, and it's interesting to think to to look and see like okay reading in other books what did medicine medicine men or women write about that and what were they seeing are we seeing astral bodies are we seeing mental bodies when the when the room dissolves um, why is the physical realm dissolving and what are we seeing so to me, the consciousness, conscious awareness 
is what's present in us and which is like our purest state and all of the dimensions, all of reality is all existing right now. It's just that our, our consciousness, if whatever we're focusing on, condenses into reality. And so in its densest form, it's this physical world, right? But we also know from science that matter, even like this desk or anything that we take as being solid form, is actually not just solid form. It really isn't even is solid form, right? 99.9999% empty. It's It's creating that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. so if the mind is creating that and we are not the mind and we're able to separate from the mind and we're able to see in others their thought form and how they they construct their beliefs and their their version of reality by you could say by kind of um their consciousness is moving into that mind and then into into believing that what they've created with both the mind and the heart, you know, emotionally is reality. And so what became super interesting for me in, in the dream space um, explorations is that, and, and, you know, you could, you could find this also in some of the, the Dzogchen and the, the deeper esoteric teachings of Buddhism um, and Western occultism and mystic, a lot of different mystical traditions, right? Where there's this awakening of consciousness and this, you know, not, you know, far beyond an acknowledgement, but a real, a real working within consciousness multidimensionally um, is that, you know, you can, you can test and, sh- and verify when you're, and I'll just say it in the most simplest of ways. You know, I know there's a lot of, of material out there for uh, your listeners to explore with astral travel or projection and all this stuff. And what I will say is that um, I'm, you know, whatever is helpful or whatever people are drawn to, um, you know, for them they can use. For me, I do feel like that that real longing to know the truth. And even when you go to sleep at night to say, I'm ready to see the truth. I want to know. I want to know what's real. Then when our consciousness, and another thing is this, is it really what we're allowing our body to do is for the physical body to go to sleep, but the consciousness to stay awake, mm. right? Mm. Let the physical body go to sleep. Sometimes when we're meditating, even like, let's say that you find that natural ball in the day, Sometimes it's if you wake up maybe early in the morning, like four or so, your body's pretty relaxed. You can let it go to sleep and stay awake. Or in a like midday, when your body naturally is kind of feeling relaxed um, and you just lie there for meditation and you just let the body go to sleep and your consciousness, what you'll find is that once you're awake and the physical body's asleep, what you will create with your mind. So what you think will appear and what you feel you will be drawn to. And this is kind of this way that the, um, you know, what some people might call the astral plane, the mental plane, or we can, we can really um, it's, it's an emotional mental space. And, and that's the way that our consciousness 
is we're able to kind of really verify how our consciousness moving into this physical world um, creates reality through 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 thought and emotion. That thought and emotion, it's not it's not who we are, right? It's a tool. And like some traditions will call it like there's a higher mind and a lower mind or a higher emotional space and a lower emotional space. There's different ways or different maps. You know, what I kind of feel like with all of those maps is that, you know, go explore them and see what truth you get from them and see how they see how they help you explore. And I'll just say before you're saying what you're going to say is that beyond that, though, in a deeper state, that's not even there, right? We move. And the Buddha taught these um, two, like some of your listeners may be aware of like the jhanas where we're able to access, you know, you're able to observe different, different, different energy um, within your physical body as you let your physical body go. When you move from the form jhanas into the formless where you're pure consciousness. And it's the same way when you let your physical body go to sleep and you move beyond the emotion and the mind and you're able to be pure consciousness, what is there? And this is where a lot of people, you know, might have those experiences with um, intelligences that are teaching them things or healing them and all of this stuff. You know, this is happening beyond, the, you could say beyond the mind or in a deeper space where you're able to be um, in a state of awareness and, and perception from from consciousness where you're, where you're not um, kind of gelled in with your mind. And so many questions, Catherine. (laughs) (laughs) They should come as no surprise to my listeners when I'm like, Ooh, okay. And (laughs) so let's go a little deeper with this because then I'm like, okay, so when I do that then, right. Like, so like I'm letting my physical body, is it, if you could just give me short answers, because I really want to get through like like this like hot hot seat kind of questioning here. Like, is it that I'm letting my physical body go to sleep, right? And now I'm I'm in this space of like focusing on my consciousness. Is it important to to give that direction, like you were saying, like asking a question, show me the truth, or you know what is real, what isn't real? And the reason I'm asking that is because in those spaces, I do receive information. There's a whole storyline that I'm just like, what the fuck was that? And usually I feel like it's my subconscious mind influencing the imagery or the story that I see. And so my question is really like, do I need to direct that? And how do I bypass that phase of of almost like it's be it's coming from somewhere inside me, but it can't be my consciousness? Mm-hmm. Okay, so so at, at the beginning of what you said, you said, you know, are we focusing on the consciousness? And so I would say as a reference point, you are consciousness, right? So it's not that you are something focusing on something outside of you. Like I want to focus on God or focus on consciousness or focus on something else. You, you are pure awareness. This is your awakened state in its simplest form. When you are just complete awareness, you're perceiving something, you're you're putting your attention on something, and then you become aware of it. And so if anything, that's that kind of thread. Like how do we have that pure awakened state of awareness 
knowing that whatever we put our attention on is what we're perceiving. And that's what you're getting at. If As soon as you become aware that there's that separation of what you're put your, putting your attention on and you're perceiving, well, then what is that? Is that something you're creating or where is that? What, like, what is re- that reality? What is that? And what I would suggest experimenting with is, and this is what really, really deepens our state of consciousness. You can feel this energetically is that when you, when you're in that state and then you are, you you can, like, if you put your attention on your physical body, you can start to feel that energy and you kind of let all of that go. And then you feel this warmth in your heart center and you can really feel like that expansion of joy and love. And if you put your attention on that, you can kind of feel it's like it's voluptuousness, like this energy, like really moving through all of you until you can feel this kind of, this sense of disillusion of your physical and energetic self. You start to experience yourself as that pure state of consciousness and awareness. And to continue to just be in that pure state. And then witness what you experience. And just, yeah. Yeah. Okay. A lot can happen from that point. So, yeah. Well, well, and I think I'm on the cusp of of dream spacing. Can I call it dream spacing? I'm going to call it dream spacing. Like it's an adjective. And, uh, you know, I'm on the cusp of something within my dream. So, this is very, very helpful. But, like, in terms of like, Hmm, I want to learn, I want to know why I'm going into my dream space or what, why, what are this, the value or the, the, the gift that I receive from being in these spaces and what will shift for me in the physical world if and when I'm able to access this in my life? What would you say to me for that? I would say that you can learn anything in, in that space. Because it's a space where we are able to move beyond our mind. And, you know, you and I both love books. You know, we're very well read. And, you know, I'm very, you know, my background is very academic as well. So I'm not one to um, not appreciate the value of ideas and thoughts and the beauty of, of the mind. However, there's also something beautiful and there's a deep vast wisdom that we are able to access when we leave the mind we can bring all of that back and let the mind do some stuff with it right do what it will do with it and process it and organize it and whatnot but um you know in the dream space or in those meditation you know that moment where we allow ourselves to experience reality and inquire about the nature of reality and 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 a desire to access wisdom that is beyond our mind that is where we access what is new what we already don't know you know and sometimes it's helpful to say that a mind you know thank you you know you're so helpful and i know you you want to think those things and do those things and all this but but this is my time uh-huh. 
let you, you know, just step aside for a moment. And then from, from your deepest heart, you can ask whatever. So in another, you know, other, there's other language, you know, as a way to explain all, or, you know, people might um, resonate with different ways of looking at dream space. But for one, you know, for example, you might learn and see things about past lives, what some people might call past lives, some people might call ego, you know, these different structures of um, one psyche, right, that they, that patterns, you could say, that once those patterns or those, um, you know, beliefs, ways of being um, are dissolved, comprehended and, and released energetically, right? Because like, because those thought forms, that energy, it, energy is being contained in that just the same way that energy is in this physical reality, right? It's contained in those thought forms, those emotional aspects of ourselves. And when, when those are no longer um, held by one's person, that energy is released. That consciousness, that wisdom, that intelligence comes back and is free. You know, and another way of looking at maybe from, you know, the uh, uh, different aspect is that we already are that awakened, pure state of consciousness, but those are the, um, those are the, the illusion, the illusion that we see as being real. And it's not really being real. I mean, it's not real. It's not really real. It, it's, it's thought forms, it's emotional patterns but to get back to the answer of answering the question, you know, that would be something that somebody could inquire about. So anything that's going on in their life to ask more about that, like, why is that happening? What is this experience? What is this? You know, why do I feel this way? You know, teach me something about that. You know, these kind of more human aspects of or or the aspect, these aspects of like the human experience in this time. You can also ask more of the cosmic stuff, you know, spirit, whatever your relationship with you know, whatever your cultural upbringing or spiritual, mystical, religious tradition, you know, might inform the way that you ask these questions. And all of that is great. Um, and to ask within whatever feels comfortable to you, show me the truth, teach me whatever it is you, in your deepest heart, you really, really want to know. And, and you can start to learn there, you know, and I am one to say, you don't have to, it's, it's not like the, the experiences you have when you're conscious have more um, value than the ones that, that feel more like a dream. You know, there's tremendous value and learning in, in, in everything that we experience with our, you know, in that way. So I want to share something that I think is, is an example of this. And then I would love to hear some examples for you of how you've processed something through the dream space. And then potentially then talk about, because you've said the word awakening, and I can see how this could feel really like a path to that experience. And so I would love to touch on that after. So first, my my physical experience that I think I process something through when you talk about dissolving something is, you know, I've gone no contact with my family. And there was a lot of times in my vivid dreams where there would be... um scenarios playing out that were hard right like they were tragic they were they were emotional they were devastating and over time they would get lighter and lighter until recently in my dream space the family members and I hang out with love and and generosity and caring and and curiosity like just just pure light energy if you will and so when you're talking about you know experiencing the dream space I'm I'm seeing this as a potential weaving of a thread in which 
these very vivid dreams have shifted as I continuously kept going. Why am I having these dreams? Am I, am I processing my relationship in these dreams? So on and so forth till all of a sudden now my dreams are just like, I actually like hanging out with my family and my dreams because it's such a loving experience. So I'm going to, I'm going to kind of give this as a potential example of the dream space doing its work. And I feel you nodding and smiling. So I'm like, yes, that could, that, that's it. <laughs> um, so that would be an example I would use, but I would love to hear one with you in terms of like how that has happened and even what being in the dream space is like for you now and how this relates to awakening. Yeah. So, you know, that aspect of processing emotional stuff, you know, in the dream space is so, so common and so, so valuable. Right. And oftentimes I'm sure like even along that journey for you, there might have been days where you woke up and had some kind of ahas like, oh, you know, I'm still attached to, you know, needing this person's validation, for example, or or wanting forgiveness or wanting my mom or sister to feel a different way, you know, whatever. But it's but in those dreams, we're often shown those little pieces of how of this kind of unlocking, right? Because that emotional attachment is, is painful, right? And it's in its core, right? And that release of those emotional attachments are what, are what free us, right? And really that is that awakened state where we have that complete release. We don't have those, those, um, those emotional attachments really. Right. And, and so it's very similar to me, you know, when I am becoming aware, you know, I, it's, you know, you, your listeners have probably heard this too, of, you know, different aspects of um, this being normal on an initiatic path, right. In, um, in awakening, you know, many different traditions talk of this, you know, and what is this? And really it's, inside of us when when we are truly ready to see whether we're part of some formal school or tradition or not because this is natural to consciousness and this is what I love um, and I have so much fun with with the people that I meet around the world is that it doesn't matter if you learned it from someone else or you didn't, or you grew up in a tradition or you, you didn't, you know, some people grow up in magical traditions or mystical traditions filled with love and some way the opposite, right? Some are all alone. And, but really it's all inside of us. And so when we have that, that, that longing to, to really awaken, then we do. And there's a natural enfoldment of what happens with us within ourselves. And part of it is that release of those attachments. And so the dreams can help us process that. They can help us, you know, sometimes when you're going through really heavy emotional um, processes and you, you have those dreams, you could wake up feeling kind of like your nervous system is, is, is releasing, right? Like there's an energetic, there's a learning, there's a processing, some of it you're conscious of, some of it you're not. Sometimes you're shown things in a dream that you, you know, upon reflection, realize that there's some action you need to take. You know, there's something that you need to do to to really process 
that situation, you know, and, and that's part of it too. The, um, the path of really knowing what, what action to take and, and when to take action and when to not take action and, and to really honoring um, yourself in all of this. Um, and so I know you asked me for an example, and I would say, you know, that I, I will have, um, kind of, you know, I could have a lot of activity around certain people, or, you know, it can almost feel like, um, like kind of carrying out and processing. It's like, if you wanted to have the deepest, kind of understanding and conversation about what's going on in yourself. It's like, that's happening every night, kind of like all night. And then I'm waking up and feeling like, okay, what do I need to learn here? What do I need to release? What's going on? Then waking up and and on the physical plane, you know, often for me, what I find is that when I release a lot and I'm learning a lot about um, my ego in different ways like that, that, when I've, when I have increased clarity, you could say like that, that, those, those egos are being dissolved, you know, so I'm getting more clear insight about certain things. I'm often, often action is required of me, or there's something that I need to say to someone, or there's something that I need to do. And it's like, and it, it, and there's this real feeling and acknowledgement that that way of being was like a, a cage or like an energetic kind of fiber, uh, like web. Can and I ask a question? question? Freedom. Yeah. Was it the dream space that assisted you in leaving America, leaving your corporate law job to step into a life of really embodying this in Peru? Well, you know, I'll, I'll say what, what was flashing in my mind when you said, like, was it the <laughs> that did something is that, you know, we are in our consciousness experiencing all of reality all the time. Right. And so like when we go to sleep at night, you know, we're calling that the dream space. But really what we're saying is when our physical body goes to sleep. What are we aware of? You know, and and um, then that's that thread, like, you know, in, you know, in those those Buddhist traditions of of saying, you know, we can. We can we can learn and be conscious all the time, you know, whether it's in the day or in the night, um, you know, with with coming to Peru, I'll say that I um before I even came here, I just started feeling like, and this all happened very fast. I mean, a year ago, Peru wasn't really too much on my radar. But um once you know February came and I started to connect with you know the people down here that I know, I started to really feel like I belonged here and like this was my home and I needed to be here. And um you know, it's interesting, you've said before about feeling that kind of fear. And, you know, I think in, in the work that I do, you know, we do talk a lot about fear because there is this fear barrier that, that um, to, to really being conscious, right? Where, where people are often pushing up against um, fear, you know, whether it's like 
taking that new job or moving across the country or the world or falling in love or, you know, um, loving our children, these different things. And before I came, when I knew I came down in February and I knew um, I had a lot of experiences um, and knew that I, I would, I needed to come back and live here. And I'll say one thing on the dream space one was that when I got here, a friend told me that there's a tradition of working with mama coca in the dream space. And you can take three leaves, three coca leaves and um, put them in your hands and ask mama coca to teach you in the dreams. This was the first night I was here or the first, not the first night, but the, but the next day when I went out with this woman and, um, and she told me this. And so I took those leaves and I put them in and I said, mama coca, you know, show me some things. And what I do do is, uh, there's often things in my life that I'm working through, right? Questions I have. So I will often in any kind of these, you know, situations, whether it's like connecting with nature or the mountain or when I want to receive information, you know, I will often do a mix of, I'd love to hear what you could show me about this situation. And, you know, I might have a few of those. And then I say, you know, and, you know, in deep honoring of your wisdom, show me whatever you you need to show me, what you feel like I need to know and I need to see. And that night I had so many dreams. It was like checking off the box. Like the first one, here you go. Like, here's the information on your daughter. Here's the information on this. Here's the information on that. And there were four dreams. I woke up and I wrote each down. And And one was funny. One was, you know, call your cousin, Jenny. She has something important to tell you. Okay. You know, I had to talk to her in a few years um, and she had moved um, cross country. So I thought, okay, well, I'll call Jenny. Um, And then, but there was one thing I really, really wanted to know about. And it was seven in the morning. And I said, look, you know, I understand if you, if you um, don't want to share anything about the situation with me right now, I'm super patient and I can, you know, we can do this later. However, if you're going to tell me, please tell me, because now's the time. It's like, I'm normally totally up by seven. And I thought, oh my gosh, like I'm never going to fall asleep. But I did. And it was the most beautiful teaching. And and then in my experience here that week, you know, you're this is a magical land, right? Um, and and uh yeah, if your listeners haven't haven't been here, you know, I, I really, really encourage them to visit. It it exceeded all. I mean, as you know, like now through our stories, you know, from the time I was a child, like looking for others on the on in this world that have deep mystical multidimensional wisdom to share right um and um and you know my history is you know i have spent time in europe and i have do have that history in kind of the western esoteric traditions right i have a close friend who's a tibetan lama and i've i've really gotten into that buddhist side and the wisdom there um and i hadn't really explored the shamanic kind of you know South American indigenous wisdom until I had come here. And so um, to really be immersed in it and to travel and see how what I was shown in those dreams connected at different places or with mountains or different experiences and the weaving and the wisdom was all um, just all unfolded in this in this really, really beautiful way. And I want to say this, that, you know, nature is connected. What here, you know, they they call Pachamama, 
um, is connected throughout all of the globe. So if your listeners want to take three leaves of any leaf that's in their yard, you can take those three leaves and talk to that elemental, whatever plant they may have come from, but also to Mama Coca and to say, Mama Coca, you know, work with me through these leaves mm-hmm. and ask for that teaching and then put them under your pillow at night. And that, you know, you may receive some wisdom in that way. Um, but back to the fear thing, I want to say too, that what happened before, when I got back to the States, this was literally like a year ago, like one year ago from, from where we're talking, right? When, when this goes live in February, we are one year. Yeah. Well, February is when I talked to, um, a shaman down here and then I took my first trip in April and then I moved in August. Um, And so when I got back in April, I never questioned, you know, from my experience here, it was so clear that, you know, I'm going to come back and live here. And I went, so I went back and I packed up my stuff and and got my 10 year old um, daughter. And I never questioned, questioned it at all, you know, because it was so powerful and so strong that I was coming back here, um, you know, for so many reasons. And, um, but at that, but there was a, there was some experience I had where I woke up in the night with this, like energetically, like a terror, you know, and it was probably like two times. Um, and to me also, you know, and I've heard of, I've heard you speak of this too. And and I've seen this so much with, with my clients and friends in, um, in different ways is that when we're really learning and we're really um, changing that there's it, we're often moving through fears, you know? Um, And so this was no different, but I really, I also did take it as a sign. Well, actually one of them happened in between February and April before I even came for the first time that happened. And I thought, oh, wow, I'm stepping into something this really beautiful, something amazing is going to happen there. And, and it did. Well, and, and, and would you say, and I'm just curious because like, it sounds to me like Peru offers almost like a portal within itself um, to being able to access different parts of your consciousness and, and with, through the, the energy of this space and even yourself and the shamans and just like the, the vibrational, like, I don't even know if like, like I've been places where it's on a bed of crystal and there's a, there's a different energy or you go somewhere else where you're at a certain elevation and there's a certain energy. Like there's just certain spaces on the world that we have access to, to different aspects of, of mystical experience. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, where I am is in the Andes in Cusco, so it is 11,000 feet up, and people would say that there's a different frequency here, and that that not everybody can even come here. You know, a lot of people, um, and I wasn't even, I didn't know that that was a real thing when I came, and my friends were saying, wow, it's like been so easy for you, Catherine, like you've got, like, I got the place, I got the visa, like everything just kind of happened. And then I was like, yeah, it's just like, just take care of stuff, you know? And, but over time I have seen that people that want to come, they don't make it. 
for some reason, you know, they lose the passport, they get sick, they have a medical condition, there's, you know, um, family issues, like so many things. And that there's, so some would say that like, you know, there, there is a frequency here, there's a there's a resonance that um, I think, especially for those that are mystically inclined, that what one is able to access here is, um, you know, maybe in some ways you could say it, it's um, it's easier or, you know, that there are portals that are available for people um that are able to um, access them, you know, and I think that it's it it's something that you know, like I had a friend come here who said, you know, Catherine, I you explained what was going on here, but like this is so next level. Like I had no idea it would be like this, and and part of that is um, the love here and the the. The culture um, is so, so different from what we experience in the North, you know, and from uh, North America. Um, it, it's just, it's hard, I think, for someone who's grown up and who knows that as being what is real and what is normal as far as the human experience goes, to even um, begin to consider what what's going on here and what's available here. So it, it is, it is something you have to experience. Well, I think it's a calling too. So like Catherine and I actually have something coming up in March. This is really cool. That I'm going to have Catherine touch on in a second, but the way that I explain it is, is that like Peru has a certain frequency and this is where I'm resonating at right now. And so in order to feel the call, I'm actually being called to vibrate at a higher, like, effervescence, if you will. And so, you know, the calling is to step into that frequency. And yeah, that's fucking scary. Like, I know when Catherine tells you about what's happening in March, I'm, I'm nervous, and I'm excited. And I'm, I'm feeling all of these feelings. But I also know that the the challenges or the like the the fear, as you called it, that I'm having is because the expansion or the newness or the new vibration I don't know it yet, right? Like I am not her yet. And yet Peru is calling me to be her through the experiences that I'm going to be ex having there, right? And so there's that, there's that invitation. Then there's the calling. And then there's the willingness to say yes to shifting energetically. And so I just, I just did a little teaser there, but why don't you talk a little bit more to that? And then what's coming up in March? <laughs> yeah. And I'll say to that, that it's a gift, what you're receiving and what you're stepping into. And that surprise and that unknown is it's like having a package, like a gift, like this beautiful gift that you don't know what's in there, but what is in there is this experience of joy and of love at, 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 at an experiential deep level that is life-changing. And, you know, so what's coming up in March is that Avalon and I are leading a retreat here in uh, Cusco in the Sacred Valley um, and introducing people to 
to really step into their um, their divine feminine, to connect with the land here, to to connect, to really give themselves permission to to um, be in that conscious state of awareness and receive all that is here from from both me and Avalon as well as the community here. Um, having an opportunity and an option to work with the, some ancestral medicines to connect with the sacred land and spirits here and learn some of the Andean traditions of, of doing that. And um, I'll say that what so many step away from, if not everybody that I've seen and what I experienced when I came in April, when I went back to the States was that I, I really knew and felt without a shadow of a doubt that love and joy are a choice and that we can make a choice in our own lives to, to live differently and to see things differently. And, um, and as you say, like, that's a calling. I think that I, I really stepped into that because I decided to come back and really, you know, make this a, a big part of my journey and my life and really allowing that for myself. And so I, I am so overjoyed to really, to welcome others into this and to share that with them and to um, allow them to experience all of that and have that transformation within themselves. I am so excited because I've known Catherine for a long time and witnessing her in the last year going to Peru and really tapping into what you guys know I call the stardust and, and really allowing her stardust to like cultivate a new reality, if you will. Um, one in which you get to share these experiences with other humans. And I'm just going to geek out about the retreat really, really quickly because it's not just about these eight days from March 8th to the 16th in Peru, these are really exceptional experiences that were happening. But the minute that you say yes to this retreat, you are going to experience a call, like a, 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 a consciousness call with, with, with Catherine to open you up in the dream space to Peru, right? Like it begins before we even land on the soil of Peru, that relationship, that, that being able to communicate and commune with the energy that exists there. And we are going to come together. There's only spaces for six women, right? Like it's a small intimate group that we're bringing and somebody's already joined. And then there's the fact that it's the last, this, you, this whole season of Cosmic Tea Podcast is about cycles in the moon. And we go into a freaking moon temple <laughs> on the last new moon of a lunar <laughs> cycle, right? Like we go into a moon temple on the Pisces new moon to experience the magic of that. Like I can't even, my mind just goes blank on how how surreal and magical that's going to be. And once we land back into our home spaces, you guys are not not being held. There's a huge integration process where you you meet with Catherine again and you meet with me to go through an eclipse portal and we have a closing cycle at the the first new moon of a new lunar cycle. So this is this is like a, a container of process of experience, of transformation, of light, of opening, of magic. <laughs> and, and I just, I had to geek yeah. out on that because it just yeah. does all that in a bag of chips. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Yeah. And having that community of women to really be together during those eight days and, and share in the experience of all that unfoldment together. 
It's really, really powerful. And we've got to listen to you literally tell us through this entire podcast about the experiences of awakening to our pure consciousness, right? Now imagine having that in your back pocket for a month and a half, right? Like imagine being able to be led by Catherine into opening up to even communing with the energies that exist in Pachamama and the Sacred Valley and what's capable in the dream space. Like, ah, it's so, it's so yummy. I can hardly like contain myself and you can probably feel the enthusiasm just washing over me when I talk about it because I really feel and and, like I was called to Peru and to, and I think this is why I'm having so many vivid dreams right now. And I've, I've got to figure out how to like, because ever since our call where we were talking about the retreat, my dreams have gotten really like intensely vivid and so you know and you talked about that so why don't you talk about like opening up to that share about that and then and then and then you can tell me just do that (laughs) yeah no the same thing happened to me in february when i talked to the shaman and i and i and here's a shaman i'll just say that i had had you know probably like seven years prior a friend in london who had come to peru and had a friend here from Australia and said, you know, I'm meeting with the shaman and this family and like, and, but the thing that always stuck out to me is she said, you have got to come meet this shaman because he uses the same language as you. And when he's leading us in ceremony, he, he's using the same words, like the, the purest frequencies of light and how, and moving, um, you know, working with these energies um, and these intelligences and this, these pure frequencies of love and wisdom and, and awakening. And so it was always in the back of my mind, like one day, you know, but I was um, doing other things and, um, and, and really focusing on my, my law career at the time. And um, so when I talked to him in February, it was this resonance. And after that, I, I start, I thought I need to go there. And so by April, I was here for 12 days here, and then a week in Lima. And, um, but the same thing, in that period, I started having vivid dreams and I started, I was already um, learning and, and pre- being prepared, really. And I remember saying to friends at the time, like, I'm already working with those energies down there. You know, it was, it was like, I was already in dialogue. I was already receiving so much and being prepared. And, and when you start to feel that and you know that, then, then you kind of step into it more. It's like an invitation to a party. And then you're like, yeah, I want to know about that party. Like, let, let's, let's see what that's all about. And so by the time I even came here, I was already, when I got here, actually, I just, I felt like I was in this womb of love. Like, like I was in a state of being in love. Like, like, like everything was in love with me, but I was, I was in love with, it was like that, you know, that energetic feeling of just, um, complete goodness, you know, and this was before I even met anybody in person. I had just gotten off the plane and got to my hotel, but it was, um, it was the beginning of something, you know, really, really profound. And, um, you know, clearly for me, that opportunity to really, um, learn, learn something, you know, at, at another, um, you know, something particular. And I'll say, you know, I'm not, I, you know, I, my background is in international law and in development um, in humanitarian work. And so I, I have often felt a connection with different places around the world. You know, we went to Africa last year and Dubai and, 
um, I'm, I'm called to go to Indonesia. And so, you know, sometimes it is that there's a place and there's a learning and there's a, there's a specific type of um, wisdom that we get and that we receive from being in certain places. And I'm sure your viewers have experienced that just even on vacations, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes it's a real, um, it can be a really profound experience to take vacations to certain places. And so, um, so to have an opportunity for this kind of spiritual focus retreat um, container um, in this sacred land, you know, it's, it's, it's magical. It's magical. We're going to be putting some magic together. So I will, I'll put the link to that uh, in in the comments below, but you also have some exciting things coming up. And I know that, you know, you're just about to, to, to bring them and birth them into creation, into physical form. So if people are curious to find out uh, about what you are outside of our retreat, um, bringing into the physical worlds, where would they go to learn more about you and the work that you do? They can go to my Instagram, which is Elysian International Official, and that's E-L-Y-S-I-A-N International Official. Perfect. I will put that link below. But I, I know personally, I learned a lot. Like, and you are my friend and we talk all the time and we don't just like hang out and talk about these kinds of things. This is why I invite people on my podcast, right? Cause then I'm like, Ooh, now I get to ask different questions and like it becomes a different vibration when you're interviewing. And so I just want to thank you. I, I just want to thank you for so many gifts that you gave us during this episode and tangibles that we can walk away and implement immediately in our own journey and awakening and and beingness. And so oh, I just love you I, and I honor you. And I just found this such a sacred conversation. Thank you so much for joining Thank us. you so much. I, I really enjoyed being here. And I'd be very curious if any of your listeners try out any of the things that we've discussed here, or, you know, even with the leaves, Mm -hmm. um, I'd love to hear um, your experiences with those things. So please, you know, reach out, connect with me. Um, And, and that, that's, that's part of what I, I love to do. You know, when I came down here, one of the things I would, you know, my friends know is that my dream has always been to bring all the magical people together. And really those of us that are living in these ways and having these experiences and, and living our lives, it's, um, you know, it's that sacred community and finding each other and seeing each other. And I always say at the end of all of these two, we're just, we are all humans having a human experience. And so like, we, I love it when people message me, you love it when people message you, like we love creating relationships. That's how we became friends. I know, right? It's like relationship building. So don't feel, well, feel nervous if you feel nervous, but still reach out anyway, right? Like move through those fear experiences and and let yourself expand even through just sending a message to Catherine about what your experience was so thank you I love you and I will see some of you in in Peru in March and I cannot wait blessings bye